I'm Phoenix, and we are the Turntable Teachers, and class is officially back in session. And welcome back to the show. Happy New Year, everyone. Phoenix and I are back with another episode. And yeah, man, ha- Happy New Year to you. It's, we haven't had actually had you on yet in 2021. I so. know, dude. Happy New Year. It's so dope to be back. It's so great to put 2020 like behind us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yep. uh, we also had a lot of stuff planned for 2021, so I'm excited because this is really good. This is what it can... This is what kickstarts it for us right now. So, exactly. Uh, yeah, dude, I'm excited and happy new year to you, Mike. Oh, thank you so much, man. Of course, if you guys already already know, we had uh, you know graduation 2020 that I just uh, finished up, and uh, S- Sam and Phoenix will definitely be joining us in uh, 2021 for graduation 20. Oh yeah, or, or graduation 2021, oh, yeah. I should say. So that'll be that'll be really fun. But yeah, like you said, I'm I'm really excited for a great great year coming up. We have a lot planned, a lot to announce very soon. A uh, lot, lot just in the works, so uh, please stay tuned for that. Make sure you subscribe to us, whether you are on YouTube or a podcast streaming service. It really helps us out. And uh, you can also leave us a like and a comment, especially on YouTube. So really Hit really the notification it. bell. That's what all the other YouTubers say, right? Hit yeah, the notification yeah. bell so that you guys can be up to date when we drop something. Mike's still dropping sick videos. Go run up the 2020 end of the year videos still because those are still banger videos. Thank Mike you, did bro. his thing. Thank you, bro. Yeah, man. No, those were a lot of fun. I uh, definitely wanted to recognize all the great music that we had in 2020, despite, again, the, the year was not great, obviously, but right. the music... But the music was, and I think even like in, in a tumultuous year like that, that's when art really becomes very important. And I thought that just overall last year, there was some amazing music. And uh, definitely one thing we're going to be talking about on this episode is uh, what we're looking forward to in 2021 in terms of music, like who we want to drop, who we maybe would, could expect to uh, release an album or even music at all. Right. Uh, so that we have, and we have a lot to talk about today. We got a Jasmine Sullivan album review coming as well. And then, of course... Ooh. Uh, this is again, like I said, our first episode back with Phoenix and I as a, as a duo. We're, we're going to be doing this throughout uh, 2021, and of course, go, make sure you go back and check out last week's guest speaker episode with Jordan Tariff. But uh, today, I definitely want to kick off uh, something we basically the world found out on January 1st, or I think it was like right before. I think it was actually New Year's Eve, believe it or not. Yeah. But um, unfortunately. MF Doom passed in actually in October, and it was actually kept very much under wraps until until the new year. So, um, I, I Phoenix, I just I guess I'll start with you. I just want kind of want to hear your thoughts on uh, MF Doom's legacy and, and and really how Doom sits with you as an artist. Uh, it's tragic, first of all. It's tragic and it's heartbreaking. Um, I don't want to come on here. I don't want to come on here and cap though, right? Like I wasn't the ultimate MF Doom fan, Me but I think. Every every hip hop head has to have a MF Doom phase, um, and yes. every hip hop head, every backpacker. If you really say you like backpack rap or lyrical, underground, you know, uh, kind of message focused rap, like you have to have a phase where you go through MF Doom's catalog because then it kind of informs you of why the rest of the sound sounds the way it does. Honestly, because uh, he was that influential, I think, in terms of. Uh, being a figurehead for underground hip hop, 
um, and that influential in terms of keeping the, the kind of lyrical integrity he had and musical integrity, you know, uh, kind of the the whole the whole mantra of of Doom's music always felt like to me of like, you know, I put on the mask uh, in direct kind of um, rebellion towards like uh, mainstream music um, and kind of what consumerism and and uh, with the expansion of hip hop kind of what how that influenced the music and i'm sure we all know examples of how the sound of hip-hop has changed as it's become more popular it's become more of an in, uh an industry and a business right and doom has always been the guy that's that's uh i don't know he, he's he's stood stood stop solid can't speak right now but he stood solid <laughs> in that position and uh and and the music was just uh was, was always very like there's no way to describe it besides unique to him, to his voice, and consistent. Sounds honest. Um, besides, and and then in addition to that, I think probably the most compelling and interesting, fa- not facade, but uh, I, I don't even image. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the, the the whole the whole villain, the uh, the villain mask, the villain kind of theme. And the character building and, and almost world building that he does in his music, uh, I think that's commendable no matter what, whether you li- like his music or not. If you kind of do some of the background and just like kind of hold just behind the mask and it's more than just like a quirky kind of like 90s hip hop kind of thing. It's uh, it, it was a real metaphor, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and I think that was that was the dopest part. That's obviously why we all love Doom. And it was heartbreaking for me to hear about him passing and super eerie, but like kind of cool i want to say that respectfully the fact that he had passed on halloween night kind of just seems like a like a weird like bittersweet uh ending you know what i mean because uh halloween night you know where people already put on masks and costumes just seems kind of funny that we lost somebody who in hip-hop has a mask and has a costume on that yeah uh, that was actually interesting and a little bit symbolic do we even do we know how he passed is there has it come out like how um, I don't point? think it's come out officially, but I've heard on the internet uh, <laughs> that uh, he was dealing with, he was having health problems for a while, and it might have been something connected to his heart, but uh, I, albeit uh, what I've heard is that it just wasn't uh, sudden. It wasn't super sudden for their family, okay. I think. I think it was something they were kind of preparing for for a while, but don't, you know, don't take my word for it. I don't think we've gotten much information. Yeah, that's why I, that's why I asked it because I wasn't sure what you had heard because I it seems like it was pretty under wraps uh, yeah. in terms of Doom. And I, I mean, I agree with a lot of the sentiments that you had about Doom. I too was not really like the biggest Doom stand, but I certainly had my Doom phase. Have uh, to, have specific, to. If you love yeah, hip-hop. yeah. And and over the years, I I grew to even if Doom wasn't my most listened to artist or anything like that. Over the years, I I really grew to respect and like appreciate what he was and what he brought to the table because like you said he was such an influential character we actually had lord felix from uh, van buren on the show very early in 2020 and he wears a mask too and or a visor really and he actually talked about a little bit about how doom like spoke to him and i think you know he's not the only one i think you you know you can see the influence locally here and just in boston and in massachusetts but then you know you can see the the influence outside of that too just in the hip-hop's you know spectrum and i think for doom what he stood for beyond anything else was like you kind of said that almost anti-consumerism 
you know, uh, feeling he had that he had that image. And in his music, he was very much so kind of like, you can be, you know, kind of, for lack of a better word, I guess, like nerdy and almost like a hip hop kind of, he was, he was a hip hop head that wasn't at the time, like in the nineties, it was much more of like the gangster rap out, you know, in the West coast. And then, you know, some of like the boom bap in the East coast and MF doom, if you didn't fit either of those molds, doom was perfect because he was, and I think it was good for anybody that was a little more artsy and a little bit more eccentric and sort of just out there. He was more of like, you know, somebody that if you didn't fit either of those molds, like he was perfect for that, you know Definitely. what I mean? And just kind of like being a different sort of figure in hip hop. That's why I think with Doom, his legacy is going to go down as probably one of the most influential hip hop artists of all time. Because I think that's where the experimental nature kind of comes in. Like, I don't think you get a JPEG Mafia or a Denzel Curry, you know, or I mean, I even know like a mutual friend of ours, like Taha, like he loved Doom so much as well. Like, mm. I feel like there's certain artists that get into that experimental nature of their music. You know, it really kind of rooted from Doom in a sense. And the really the album to me that's always stood out so much that was uh was Mad Villainy with with Madlib because because Madlib is just one of my favorite you know producers ever he's up on the wall I got him with uh, Bandana and Fred yeah. Gibbs over there like he's still going crazy he's still going crazy exactly and like I always loved Madlib's production and it's interesting believe it or not I I didn't really get like like I'd heard Mad Villainy over the years and I always liked it but for some reason this past summer actually I was out just it's we- weird how this happened but I was out in my yard just doing yard work and for some reason it, like in my shuffle on Spotify it must have passed like whatever album I was listening to and a Doom song came up and I was like oh I haven't listened to MF Doom in forever that's like that was my mm. thought process and I'm like oh I got to go back and listen to Mad Villainy and for some reason this summer Mad Villainy clicked for me in a way that it never had and or maybe oh, I wow. just Maybe I just forgotten about had you know I've forgotten about it. Maybe I hadn't mm-hmm. listened to it in a while, and I was like, oh, why do I, I, I why don't I listen to this more? You know what right. I mean? Like even just some of the beats and production. Yeah. So I that's the kind of yeah. that's the kind of hip hop he has, right? Because I think any good hip hop or any good songwriting in general always um, rewards closer attention, right? Like or, or right. a second listen, a third listen. I think exactly. no matter what, all of the good music you like are especially in, when it's like kind of lyric centric hip hop. There's it, what really proves that it's good is when you come back and you're like, wow, I just got what he said. Wow, right. that yeah. was a reference to a comic book. <laughs> this is really abstract comic book. Or wow, I just realized what happens with me. I find a lot is that like, there's always a punchline I love a lot in 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 a song, whether it's Doom or Kendrick or right. anybody lyrical. Always a punchline that kind of really stands out. But then maybe you go back a second, third, fourth time, and then you just kind of connect the four connecting bars prior to that punchline. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, the punchline sits in a pocket that's clearly a punchline, so you kind of digest that quicker. But definitely with Doom, like especially like, you know, Rhymes Like Dimes is one of my favorite tracks of all time. And, and like there are all the punchlines you kind of just know word for word after listening to it yeah. for so long. And you just forget about some of the things that set up those punchlines or even some of the small bars that maybe could have been punchlines but just weren't put in that pocket. And you kind of have sung second, like uh, subconsciously without really connecting it. Yeah. Doom has tons of that kind of content where you're like, 
wow, I, when I actually just recognize what he said right now, just took this from an eight to a nine or a nine to a 10. Um, but he, he, he has a lot of that in his catalog. Yeah. And admittedly, like I need to go back even further into some of his stuff because I was never, um, I think I listened to it a long time ago. You know, who's a big, big MF doom guy and who, how, you know, kind of inspired me to like really want to start like sharing my opinions on music and things like that was obviously I mean, a lot of us for he's kind of the the godfather in the sense of this but like mm-hmm. if antano and the needle drop he he mm-hmm. freaking loves doom the dead end hip-hop guys i used to listen to them like growing up and and when i was a little younger yeah. and like they always talked about so much yeah me too me too and so shout out shout out to them obviously because like again i used to consume their content like crazy still still do a little bit here and there but um, you know, I definitely think that they kind of inspire me to be like, oh, yeah, I can I can jump on here and talk about music, mm-hmm. too. Like, I, I, I have as much passion about it as they do. 1,000%. And, and yeah, so, like, for for them, like, they always talked about Doom all the time, especially to Fantano, like, Zar, like the Zarface, um, like, uh, what's it called? Um, duos that they used yeah. to do with, with Zarface. And, um, you know, just a lot of those, a lot of albums that I never really like fully fleshed out and listened to, or maybe I listened to them when I was too young to like really appreciate right. and understand, I think, because I think, Definitely. like I said, it was weird being in my mid twenties, mad villainy clicked for me in a way that it never had before. You know, that's really funny. You say that. Cause I also feel that I actually, yeah. you know, like I listened, I went back to mad villainy, uh, after hearing about the death of MF doom, right. Uh, whether it's just to reminisce about the music or honestly, I wanted to like go run those streams up. Like I wanted him to be, I want him to be supported because he, he deserves it. Um, but it's funny you say that because I loved Mad Villainy when I first heard it. And I, I, I have my phase in my dark. It's definitely around these kind of seasons too. And it's kind of wintry. I get my phase yeah. where I go back into the lyrical, uh, like real cold, you know, uh, <laughs> stuff. Exactly. And, um, but uh, I hadn't gone back to Mad Villainy in a while, and I go back after his passing, and there was a lot of other stuff that resonated with me too. And, and whether even if it was lyrics I remembered or would always kind of, uh, I mean, even whether it's songs that I, I know and love or some songs I had forgotten about, there was a lot of stuff that resonated differently for me exactly. at at, uh, at this age, which I think is is amazing. And that's again the testament to really great timeless music. Yeah, no, and, th- and that is that is what I think it was a, sets Doom apart was he was such a thinking man's MC, your your favorite Definitely. rapper's favorite rapper type deal. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, you saw how many rappers were coming out and just being like, "Hey, like, you know, Doom was so influential to me and so important to this game and and everything like that." So. No, I mean it's 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 definitely uh, you know very upsetting and and um, I think we're getting to that age though where it's like we're gonna start to see some of our favorite like artists as kids uh. or things like that. Like I mean we're I mean I don't think we're there quite yet, but I think this is just kind of the beginning of it stages of it where it's like you know it's gonna be one of those things like you'll remember where you were when you heard like for example like when Michael Jackson died. You know what I mean? Like definitely. I can remember where even though I was never I didn't grow up with Michael Jackson right, but yeah. I even remember where I was and like when I heard that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I just knew him as such a figure. So I think there's going to be like yeah. certain artists like this that, you know, eventually we're going to be like, whoa, like, yeah. And, and, that, and that begs another question, too. It's like, you know, I feel like we 
appreciate artists a lot more when they're dead versus when they're alive half the time because it's like again and i was i was happy this summer to have gone back to mad like just happen to stumble upon mad villainy again and again i listen to so much music there's sometimes i just forget about certain albums like i'm just like oh my god how did i i forgot about this i haven't heard about haven't heard this in in months or years or whatever it Mm -hmm. is so like it was so fun for me over the summer to get back and it's it's funny you mentioned that you're getting into it a little bit more in the winter whereas like for some reason it clicked for me in the summer even though it's definitely not a summer album (laughs) it's definitely not a summer album at all but like and then i don't know and then just going through the just the 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 track listing even though he's not even on the song a song like sick fit with uh that insane instrumental i just love so much like there's just again it was more nostalgic for me to go back to an album like that and just really sit with it and appreciate it in a way that i hadn't before um so i mean doom doom i think is one of those kind of pillar hip-hop you know um figures that i think will go down as you know one of like the founding fathers of this kind of new era of experimental artistic kind of a different level of like artistic yeah hip-hop alternative hip-hop if you will one thousand percent i think it's it's already kind of set in stone i think it's he's you know his legacy is already there and i hope kind of actually what you mentioned with uh michael jackson uh you know when i was young i was I was like eight or seven or nine, maybe ten. I don't know when Michael Jackson died. I remember being in my kitchen when I was younger, and I think maybe, I was in my I was in my kitchen too. That's I funny. I was, yeah. I was watching on this small t- back then, like the, the TVs weren't flat screen. I think I was right. I was like an eighth grade or like a freshman in high school. Right, and, we, and I remember this specifically. I had a, it was during the summer, and I had a summer league basketball game, and I but pretty I'm pretty sure it was going into my freshman year, and. It's weird how I remember all these weird things, but like I was, I was I watched it on this tiny, tiny little TV in my kitchen, back in the day, and then I was on my way to going to a, uh, a basketball game, and I remember the it was very it was a cloudy day, it wasn't mm-hmm. very sunny, it was a little it was very it was a dreary day, mm-hmm. and it's weird that I remember certain things like yeah. that, yeah, and, um, yeah, so it's just it's funny like you mentioned, so I feel like now like I'm always gonna remember like hearing the MF Doom like it was gonna because it was so like it was New Year's Eve like I was like right. Like, yeah, that was that was shocking. That was shocking. It, for was. Sure. it was. But after after Michael died, you know, like I feel like for me growing up, uh, he was always the butt of the joke. You know what I mean? Like for me sure. growing up, I feel like as a, as a little kid, obviously I was I was really young, but uh, I I didn't have enough or the proper respect for Michael Jackson, although he was still so culturally ubiquitous. Like I knew who his name, knew exactly. who he was, knew why he was famous. But never had enough music played around me to where I was, like, really invested in the music. And then after he died is kind of when you see, you know, like, like you're saying, nobody really, it's, it's like everybody loves you more till after, everybody loves you more when you're dead. Kind of like Biggie says, you know, you're, you're nobody yeah, until somebody kills you, is, is, which is a really right. eerie, scary lyric from Big. But, uh, <laughs> but. Uh, I just remember with the whole world kind of reflecting on Michael Jackson and, you know, everybody grieving and also celebrating his life and then celebrating his music. That's what put me onto, and I think a lot of people my age, onto Michael Jackson's music, right, is uh, mm-hmm. like it was it was a kind of a posthumous like shift in, in the way that we all looked at him. Because right. before that, he had he was you know because of uh, his accusations and um, the controversy surrounding him. Uh, I just didn't have the right narrative, you know what I mean? 
I didn't have the right narrative created around him. I had something that was, you know, off of the South Park episodes where they make fun of him. Right. Like that was kind of the image that was in my head for Michael Jackson. And I know this is something that's been talked about before. So I'll, I'll, I'll speed it up. But I hope that same kind of thing happens to, for Doom. You know what I mean? I hope there was hundreds of thousands of kids out there who didn't hear about MF Doom, but yet are big Tyler, the Creator fans. And when you hear Tyler, the Creator and Earl Sweatshirt, you know, grieving over MF Doom, I hope there was a bunch of kids out there like, why is, you know, kind of like you're saying, my favorite rapper's favorite rapper just passed. Let me go look into that. And I hope that really opened up and broadened people's horizons to his music because and I would assume that it's happened because that's the same thing that kind of happened with me with uh, Michael Jackson. Um, so, uh, yeah, I hope I hope that's happened because uh, I just think he deserves that. You know what I mean? He deserves that kind of recognition. And yeah. he's kind of one of those things purposefully, probably, you know, and intentionally. Uh, he kind of has always been low key, the kind of epitome of underground. But I hope now with after his passing and we after we had that moment where everybody, everybody was reflecting, I hope there are some new Doom fans. And if you are a new Doom fan, let us know. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. New or old. Like, drop us a comment. Let us definitely. know your favorite Doom songs, favorite Doom projects or moments and things like that. Like, for me, like I said, definitely Mad Villainy. But I love... I love what you said just now because it's it's so true. It's like I didn't think of it that way as much where it's like this could be an opportunity to even get people more acquainted with Doom that never were and, uh, you know, really, or, or remind us that like, oh, hey, Doom has a catalog that, you know, right. I haven't listened to in years, like or whatever it is. And have you, speaking of Earl and, and Tyler, did you see that video that's been mm-hmm. circulating mm-hmm. With, when they meet yeah, Doom and they're like freaking out? Oh, my God, they're, they're freaking Doom. out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, without him, there's no them, you know? And I think that's Doom's so in a similar I know, exactly. Place He's another like, guy I forgot. Yeah, Kid Cudi, you know what I mean? Like, I usually, Cuddy. I usually, you know, I'm the guy who will always chalk it up, like, if it wasn't for Kid Cudi, you know? <laughs> like, I'm the guy that's always <laughs> like that. But Doom is a real, the, the... The predecessor or whatever what's the one that comes before you know predecessor, yep, like yeah, yeah predecessor it, it. in terms of that that <laughs> that niche or that niche however you want to say it of of the the rapper who doesn't fit the mainstream mold exactly. which at the end of the 90s towards the 2000s and still now obviously uh oh, was yeah. much more like you know gangster uh street hyper masculine you feel me like very aggro type stuff and, like, you know, Kid Cudi, I think, gets a lot of credit for being somebody who, like, just stepped out of that mold while keeping it hip-hop. And he inspired a lot of kids to be themselves um, in the same way that I, I credit him with with uh, kind of other people in, in the new the new school now. Like, without them, without Kid Cudi, there wouldn't be any of them. I definitely think, solidly feel that, like, without MF Doom... Um, like I think he he's the predecessor even for a Kanye. Not to say that they're, they're musically the most similar, but in terms of a figure, a rapper, um, who's is sticking with their narrative and their truth and their story. You know what I mean? Not kind of just camouflaging themselves into what the was right. happening around them, uh, and then serving uh, a lot of listeners who didn't ideally or or you match up with like the typical rap listener. 
like doom was right there you know whether it's the nerdy ass references or just like the really dense material that like you have to literally just be into the music in order to really digest you know what i mean because exactly casually throw on mf doom in the background it's gonna you go can't. over your head exactly. you know what i mean yeah. so that's you why can't. i recommend getting in a dark room being really sad <laughs> and you <laughs> just know, get super depressed room. before you before you listen to, to doom. Just, <laughs> right just break right bre- break up with your significant other forget yeah <laughs> dude and, and do the, no, he's, kidding, that's not he's one of those up. you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> No, but like even when you like, I didn't even think of like Tyler. Like he's another part. Like there's again, there's just so many. Like again, I was thinking more along the lines of like a JPEG or, um, you know, David Denzel Curry. But yeah, guys like Earl, Tyler the Creator. I mean, you're you're not getting those guys at all if you don't without at Doom. All. And and again, Cuddy I think is in the same mold where you're not getting like a Travis Scott. You're not going to get a Juice World. You're not going right. to get those types of artists without a Kid Cuddy. But I, I agree. I think without. Without Doom and, and and those types of artists, I think even Tribe Called Quest a little bit has some 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 uh, place. Oh, one hundred too, one hundred for sure for these types yeah. of artists. Not and that, Tribe Called Quest might be even yeah. the more mainstream version of that because they are yeah. able to cross over mainstream. Where exactly Doom's music is so gritty and weird, and he he keeps it like Complex. that all the time. Yeah, it's it's an interesting interesting conversation, and and uh, another guy too that I feel. Uh, that I can very vividly remember when he passed was actually our, I was with my our our producer uh, Sam. I was living with him at the time. Actually, he, he's been, he's been a friend of mine for a very long time. But when Mac Miller passed away, mm. was another one. And like, because I was somebody that I vividly remember kids just being played nonstop through my friend group. Through really when we were in all in high school, like that was kind of the hot. He was like the hot, you know, mm-hmm. hip hop artist or rapper at that time. Like him and Wiz. I feel like I would just remember all those different mixtapes and, and projects. And I just remember Sam and I sitting in our living room for like a half an hour, 45 minutes. We threw on, I think like we shuffled like Mac Miller songs and we just listened to Mac for 45 minutes. We didn't say a word. And he, like, he would definitely attest to this too. He was like, we, we didn't, we didn't speak for 45 minutes. Just like so solemn and just like, wow. Like this is one yeah. of those like pillar moments of like artists that we grew up with that is now not here. And so when doom died it was more for me like uh wow the culture just kind of lost somebody you know what i mean because I, I again even though i was never like a doom stan i completely understood and, and heard like and, and knew that he was such a figure and of course liked some of his music for sure Definitely. need to get a little bit more familiar with some of it because there's just so much of his but with mac i always grew up with his progression and just mac miller was somebody that <laughs> And I think Nipsey Hussle was a bit of the same too. I kind of put Nipsey Hussle in the same category as like a like a Doom, where it was mm-hmm. like I didn't get more acquainted with Nipsey until after he passed. Versus like mm-hmm. I had heard certain songs and um, you know liked some of his music, like his Crenshaw mixtape. I had heard but when it came out, liked that. But Nipsey Hussle wasn't a guy that I was like on from the get. I was like, oh, he's he, like I was standing. Like, and that's you know most I mean? people. That was most people. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's just, again, it's, it's an interesting conversation to, you know, how, and again, even like a, an artist that we've had on before who just dropped an album kind of talking about this was here at the MC, shout out him. He's a Roxbury, Massachusetts artist. And uh, he had an, an album kind of dedicated to Guru and, and Rakim because those are like big, you know, influences for him. And, uh, you know, he talk, has a lot of that commentary on his album is very much like, you know, we need to love, you know, our artists while they're here. And again, it's a hard concept, but there's something about this posthumous, like, once you're dead and gone, like all of a sudden, 
like the popularity seems to rise. But again, that could be a good thing with, you know, some of these younger listeners that don't really know Doom. They're just like, oh, Tyler, the creator. Oh, Denzel, you know, Earl Sweatshirt, JPEG Mafia, like whoever you want to kind of put in that mold of like Doom kind of, um, you know, the guys that kind of followed Doom and, and followed that blueprint a little bit. So mm-hmm. it's 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 interesting. Definitely. And, uh, definitely. Yeah. Well, the scary thing about Nipsey, actually, I had something that was similar to like your Doom stories that like I wasn't a huge Nipsey fan probably until like a year before he died. Like I, okay. I had that's when I was he was gaining a lot more social media popularity and kind of making some more crossover tracks. Um, and then I went back and listened to a lot of his Crenshaw mixtapes and uh, then Victory Lap dropped and I loved loved victory lap uh and when i saw it was getting nominated it was it was amazing really good um and it was only so long after that he had gotten uh killed um and i was just glad that i was kind of able to i was glad that i was able to enjoy his music and enjoy him while he was here a little bit before the wave you know of uh of all the, you know, all the reactions after he passed. That that one was, like, kind of eerie to me, though, too, because it was, like, somebody who I had just got on recently before he had passed and was really started. I started buying in, and I was like, I want to see this guy win. Um, right, yeah. Oh, that's 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 an ex- even, even kind of a different experience than either one. Like, growing up with Max seeing the progression versus, like, oh, you know, heard Doom, but, you know, right. liked his stuff. Wasn't, like, a stand, but, like, like, you know, respected him, yada, yada, yada. Versus yeah. like someone you just get onto and you like you have all this hope for and then yeah like, it, it was it was really yeah. it was really sad very 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 sad yeah I didn't really love Victory Lap or get into it as much until after he passed so again that was mm. like and then and then I was like wow like how did I miss uh, this and then but is there that bias too of like now he's gone that all of a sudden I love it like I don't right know, you know what I mean but I think part of it too is like I hadn't really fully heard it exactly as well. like the whole project regardless like I'd heard a couple individual songs but yeah. Um, like dedication with Kendrick Lamar. I was like, oh, Kendrick. Like, you know, because at that time yeah. I was very much like, Kendrick Lamar? Oh, okay. Of yeah, course. Boom. Like yeah. anything with Kendrick, I'm going to listen to. So, you know, shame on, you know, not not shame on me per se, but like, you know, I guess it's, there is so much music out there, but it's, it's again, it's an interesting conversation, but I mean, and kind of how the posthumous, you know, reactions usually can go, but, you know, it's a very, very tragic moment for for them and i think for the whole hip-hop world and and uh, music world in general so and it was um, just the freaking icing on the cake for 2020 man it was that too ridiculous that too too. where it's like wow like we're finally trying to get out of this year and then right before midnight we have to hear more bad news it's like wow great i guess i guess it fits (laughs) i guess it fits it's consistent if there's one thing 2020 had it was a consistent aesthetic (laughs) of just solemn just tragic <laughs> sad moment trash all of it all of it man but anyway so but again uh rest in peace and rest in power to to mf doom and again uh you know definitely all thinking about his family and and friends and the hip-hop community and rest in peace but, to all the other rappers and, and musicians that we've lost uh in 2020 or in just the past couple of years you know yeah. i think we've honestly gone through a very unique stage in hip-hop where we're seeing more and more people more and more people go whether it's untimely endings or if we're just getting to that stage in our lives where it's happening whether it's naturally um but it's been i think it's still been an unexpected and a a uniquely kind of sad uh couple years in terms of who we're losing in hip-hop 
pop smoke too like obviously yeah. and juice world those we lost them in 2020 i mean there's it's it's yeah i mean hopefully that 2021 has a little little less of that for sure you know yeah. what i mean but well rest in power rest in power rest in peace i, I don't want to i don't want to get too sad let's celebrate them you know let's celebrate exactly. them. go out listen to mf you. doom stream mad villainy stream czar face stream it all all of it Danger Mouse, right? All also that good stuff. Good. I, I don't know how I forgot we crowd talk about Danger Mouse. That's, I love that album too. Yeah. Uh, hey, leave us a comment. Like I said, let us know what were your favorite MF Doom memories, projects. What was your you know take on MF Doom? And uh, and if you haven't heard him, definitely go stream his music. Uh, we're gonna be right back. We're gonna take a short break. But when we return, we have a Jasmine Sullivan album so review good. that I am really excited to get into uh, i know phoenix is too so i'm uh, gonna take a quick break uh word from our local sponsor and we will be right back if you're a content creator like me you know you're a perfectionist especially when working with audio you want it to be as crisp clean and really clear sounding as possible and if you're an artist looking for a quality sound engineer you have to check out mixed by hex Hex is a South Shore, Massachusetts artist, producer, and reputable sound engineer, and also the host of our mini-series, Mixing Tips with Hex. Handing your song off to someone can be a scary process, but at Mixed by Hex, they offer multiple pricing plans, all with a specific number of free revisions. That way, you never have to worry about losing your say in the final product. And right now, Mixed by Hex is offering a free sample mix. That's right. You can hear your first mix of your track before even paying a dime. So I don't know what you're waiting for. Head over to www.mixedbyhex.com to get your free sample mix and check out their pricing options. And make sure you reference us, the Turntable Teachers, in your inquiry. Now, let's get back to the show. And we are back. Thanks for uh, tuning back into the show. And... We have a Jasmine Sullivan Hotels album review for you guys. Uh, speaking of some really good music that is kicking off in 2021, we definitely wanted to talk about this album. Shout out to you, man, because you put me onto this thing. So, oh, man, uh, yeah, you're slacking. You're slacking, slack, bro. bro. Michael's slacking. sleeping on it, and it was a project that I knew you would love. Like, I, I've only yeah, known you yeah. for so long, but I, I feel like I'm getting a good, <laughs> better taste, a better sense of your music taste, and uh, it's good music so i knew you would love it uh um, or i hope you do i hope you do well yeah we're gonna find out how what i feel about yeah. it and uh well I, yeah at the time when you when we talked and you had put me onto this and we obviously decided that we were going to talk about it i was very deep into the graduation 2020 stuff so i was very embedded in mm. like listening to, like still recapping all the 2020 music like listening right, to it all right. that so i wasn't like fully really into like okay what has just dropped and I, this again, this missed my mark. And and when you had mentioned it to me, you're like, "Oh, Jasmine Sullivan dropped like an amazing project." And I'm looking on Spotify, and I think it just released like a couple days prior. And the the uh, numbers for it were ridiculous. Like I know that Jasmine Sullivan's a, you know a talented artist. I've always heard her. Like I think my my initial uh you know uh introductions to her were always like on like those old wale albums right she always would do the hooks on on those types of albums but i never like heard like a full project i felt like from from jasmine sullivan and then you put me onto this and i'm like seeing all the numbers and seeing how good it's doing and i was like okay i'm i'm definitely sleeping missing something like what do i got i gotta i gotta, yeah. I gotta bump this i up. mean well she was she was huge and, and and she's an older act not not in terms of her age but like in terms of how long she's been yeah, on the she's scene been she's been on yeah. the scene for a while you know and i think we all remember her from that you know legendary busting out the windows out your car you know what i mean and, mm -hmm. and so when, when she came in the game like she was huge you know she was solidified uh 
at least as like a real R&B, like, uh, I, don't, I don't even know how to say it, but like as a technical singer, she's mm-hmm. been blowing us away for a while now, which is why I think, um, you know, because she kind of had this hiatus like through the 2010s. Um, and I think that's why, you know, when she drops, when she comes back with this project, we're all listening, right? Because uh, we already know what she can do, and we've kind of been missing that for a while anyways. Um, but I think down to, like, the cover art, the title, the concept of the album, and then the singing on this thing, the the, the songwriting, it's she, – she came back, like, clearly with uh, – like a synthesized like message you know what i mean yes very much if if that's the word i'm looking for but like uh cohesive cohesive yeah 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 yeah. cohesive absolutely cohesive project or just concise is is kind of what i'm trying to say you know Mm -hmm. what i mean if it really felt like and it's not even it's not a long project but there's still a good amount of uh you know it's 32 minutes runtime with with some skits in here but you i think going through the album it feels dense while also feeling light like you know what i mean um and and it's interesting yeah it it feels longer than 32 minutes to me right right definitely and and 32 minutes is including the skits it feels like there's a lot of music in here um and then that's where i'm saying it's it's concise in that way because there's every track has its message and then it's just on to the next one with a skit to kind of support that and support the overall theme of the album and then it's back into another track that was clearly thoughtful and uh, it, it all just resonates because it seems so honest. But I'm glad you got on it, dude, because I, I, I still remember, like, you know, when I got the chance, it always feels good to put your friend on to some music when you know it's, it's going to hit. Like, not when yeah, it's absolutely. like, oh, you need something new to listen to. Maybe I can throw this out. But, like, when you know it's going to hit <laughs> and you're like, oh, buddy, do I got something for you? <laughs> it hit, man. Just the smooth, soulful nature of this project alone, just the aesthetic, the sonic appeal of it. For me, amazing. I absolutely adore this project. It is easily, I mean, that's not to like spoil the whole rest of the rest of the review, but like <laughs> it it's very early. It's we're only then when this is coming out, I think it's like early February or like maybe late late January, whatever it is. But uh it, it's gotta be early contender for one of the best albums of the year. Yeah. I would be I would be very much again, that's so early to say that, but I would be very surprised. We would have to be a pretty freaking amazing year for me. It would have to be a strong ass year. Strong year (laughs) for this not to even be an honorable Lauren Hill would have to drop for me to forget about this project. It's a little reminiscent of Lauren Hill now that you're kind of mentioning it. Just not not enough, but there's a little bit of touch in that where it's like, it's very empowering, especially for not only women, but, you know, you know, women of color. And it's just it's just really uh, it's it's a statement, man. This album's a statement. One like, thousand, back, one thousand percent. It really is. And like going off of just the title. And it's funny because, you know, obviously it's hotels, but it's spelled, you know, H-E-A-U-X. <laughs> and I was kind of like I had to Google it because I was like or look it up because I was like, what, what, what does that even mean? Because, I mean, you listen to the album, you, you get it, you understand, like. I guess the premise of what she's going for, like just to kind of spark note the whole kind of idea of the project mm-hmm. is more or less of like, you know, the equality or the inequality, I should say, of like the standard, the double standards with women and men when it comes to sex and sexual relationships and just the dating scene, I feel like in America during this time, this era, right? Like right. there's this, there's the sense where like 
you know, if a if a woman is promiscuous, sleeps around, etc., she's considered a hoe or a whore or whatever you want to call it versus a man like, you know, even though he can be considered a player, like sometimes that actually has a, a good connotation to it. Like mm. that just kind of uh, that contrast of like and how it doesn't make a ton of sense that again, that double standard. Um, you know, other artists have touched upon it too, like, but not for a full project. I feel like this. I mean, maybe I could be wrong. I'm sure that there is, but of course, of course, I, I'm sure there's. I'm sure there's a lot of artists who have tried this, but right, it's always different when there's the artist that does it and really pulls it off. Yeah, you know absolutely, I mean? absolutely. And real quick, I just want to look. Like, I looked up. Uh, it's actually on Urban Dictionary. This is actually a Cajun variation for whore, hoe, or whatever. Oh, that's so, so it's funny. like. So that's so again, I guess it means the same thing. I, I was very curious. I was like, I didn't understand what this what this maybe meant, but apparently it's, a, it's not really it's like an urban dictionary thing. Um, and I think that uh, I, I, think it, I think it could have been that or I think it could have also just been a cool way for her to make, you know, uh, ho kind of seem a little bit more classy. Even if it's just, yeah. you know, I'm not a yeah. ho, I'm a ho with the, with the H-E-A-U-X. You know what I mean? Exactly. It even comes through like on the skits and which is interesting because I'm not really a big fan of skits. I mean, they have to be purposeful, like a good kid, mad city, like those types of skits right. are great, obviously. Right. Just an example. I can see all, but like, <laughs> as yeah, an example, yeah. some of the best skits of all time, <laughs> baby. Right. Exactly. But I love how she makes these or she calls these tales instead of skits. And I think yeah. it make it kind of gives it such a it really helps to convey like the obviously the, the message and the meaning she's going by, obviously. And I think it gives it a lot more context, right? Because it's different examples of this basically happening, right? Where, right. you know, either a man is taking advantage of a certain one of these women's tales, right? Or they're being perceived in a certain way because, you know, they I think literally in the first tale, uh, quote unquote, obviously, uh, in Antoinette's <laughs> tale, um, Antoinette, whoever Antoinette is, I'm not sure, but talks a lot, a little bit about, you know, how, uh, you know, women are just as sexual beings as men. And it's just that's kind of it's for them to, you know, be so discriminated against and sort of being viewed in, in the kind of these negative lights for that. Uh, again, just it kind of goes off of the juxtaposition of if a, if a man is per, seen as promiscuous, like right. it's not as not as negative. Right. So um, I, I loved the just obviously the, the tales. I thought they fit in really well and, and they all kind of brought a different dynamic to the uh to the album like even uh one of the tales i believe it was rashida's i want to say where i was talking a little bit about like i think that was a um like a like a, a lesbian couple or whatever and she ends up cheating on her uh her significant other and things like that so it kind of even 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 and then sort of like the her like not trying to come to terms with like how this happened or how she was able to do this and she's like i loved this person Right. so much but i still just did it anyway i don't know why i did like, yeah I when, when she it. says like i don't know why <laughs> or like when, yeah. when she's like kind of at like one of those when she's at a loss for words like i don't know why i did it i wish i couldn't have you know what i mean like that's when right. it's it, it's just so profoundly honest you know what i mean and that's what i think i love about this project so much just off the bat is not only the the idea and the sentiment behind it but then like how it was structured especially with the quote-unquote tales where i mean they're skits but i love that they're called tales i think that really adds like a, a, a beautiful dimension to this project so and then one thousand percent kind of kind of supports like this feeling right like uh almost like an anthology like of of yeah, different good, people good right point. 
And I think that's yes. kind of what she's going for. Like uh, almost like it's like little tales and fables of these different women in different capacities and, and exploring their promiscuity and, and also uh, trying to give themselves the right self-talk, you know what I mean? Mm. And, and also confronting some things on, I, I forget exactly which uh, Taylor skit it is, but um, when th- there's the one woman who's like, listen, if, if you don't got money, I-, I can't be with you. You know what I mean? And, and I think that's like one of those things that's like, that's that's the thing we've heard before, right? You feel me? Where people are trying to get the bag, <laughs> and exactly, uh, or or you know what I mean. Especially a lot of women in hip hop, they're upfront. Like, yo, if you if you don't got bread, like, can't rock with you because I got a certain lifestyle I'm trying to maintain. And then, but then to go to pull another layer farther than that, like, oh, of course, it's probably stems from my childhood where I didn't have anything, and mm. I made I made it up in my mind that if I'm gonna you know, when I grow older, I, I'm going to have something. I'm going to, you know what I mean? And exactly that kind of reflection, I, I think, is oftentimes like the part, the perspectives of it all that get left out. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. Of the music, because the songs, especially when it's on a, a club record, you feel me? Or like a real party type record. That's not the that's not the content we're looking for to support or kind of explain all those actions. But for her to then get down to just. A, a nice, a real, own, honest, open, and uh, kind of, you know, genuine and authentic skit, right? Like, it doesn't sound like this, these were skits that were written down on paper. These sounds like real no. voicemails that were hit in her phone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And even then, again, even like Ari Lennox, like her tale is more or less her talking tale about... Her was amazing. It was great because she talked about another dynamic where it was like she kind of allowed the man that she was with to like dictate her life. And then he, she just kind of got wrapped in sort of like the physical, like their physical connection instead of like the entire kind of spectrum right. of the relationship. She was focused so much more on just that aspect of it and how it was a detriment to her, detriment to like you know, her psyche, all of that, just it ruined the relationship and her being or her inability to kind of see the big picture. And I feel like, I mean, that's not only like a, uh, a women thing. That's, I mean, men can, that can happen to men too, but thousand percent, but I do feel as though that men can sort of take a little bit, sometimes can take advantage of that in a, in a, in a different, different way. It's a little For more destructive sure. at times if, when, when men do it. And again, not to say that there aren't women out there that, you know, are taking advantage of men. It goes both ways and vice versa. But I mean, right. this is a different, but again, there's, like I said a little earlier, it's that societal stigma that is attached to this. And I think that's the aim of this project is kind of break down some of those stigmas and be like, Hey, can't we talk about this from like a come from a set from a human sort of perspective rather than right. like a gender perspective? You know what I mean? Because it's like a physiological and psychological nature of humans. They're trying to talk right. like convey versus just this why does it have to be a gender thing so i i I loved and again it's very in the now i think it's an important conversation and hence why i'm glad you wanted to not only for me to listen to the album but really again talk about it too and i love that it's a it's a wide array of different representations and like different capacities in which uh either a woman would feel like she's a hoe or she's feel like she's being treated like a hoe or other people embracing their lifestyle that they want out of life whether regardless of how you're gonna label it or they could care less of whether or not you label them a hoe you feel me like that's Mm -hmm. just uh it's definitely super insightful and was an amazing listen to kind of uh get to some of the tracks uh just like vocally 
Uh, Jasmine Sullivan does not miss. She does not, not miss. Pick up your feelings is ridiculous. Even right in the third track, she lets you know from the get-go, I'm not playing with y'all. <laughs> <laughs> she is finna sing. And I think it's I think it's intentional. Intentional that she brought on, you know, like her features are three of the most competent, you know, singers that we have in today's age, right? Her, Absolutely. Anderson Pac, uh, and Ari Lennox. Ari Lennox, for me particularly, is right there. Like, if we could have a little Lauren Hill, it would be Ari Lennox. Um, yeah. And, uh, but like, I, I think Jasmine Sullivan intentionally put these people on there to continue to support and maintain the certain quality that she has but it, it really at the end ultimately like just she outshines everybody to me vocally when she's there i just think that says a lot when you're also performing against a, her you know what i mean or anderson pock or ari lennox because they they're exactly. not they're not to be played with you feel me like they're no. not to be played with but no. she goes on here and she she puts on a clinic dude it literally does. And Pick Up Your Feelings, I think, is, again, a great example, like the best example of the vocal range that she has because yeah. – especially in the hook, like – I couldn't believe some of the the low low notes that she was hitting, and then the higher ones. It was crazy, and the and the the powerful aspect and passion that was coming from her voice. It's incredible. It really reminded me, very reminiscent of like some older like Destiny's Child, or even like, and then vocally more or less like that. And then um, the mood and ambiance kind of give gave me more of like almost like older like two thousands Usher a little bit. And hmm. I loved I loved that hi hat combo. I thought the pianos hmm. and strings and, and some of that beat really selection great. I can hear the Usher. It's I hear, little okay. bit. Right? Wow, like yeah. can't you can't you kinda like listen to like a song like You Got It Bad and kinda hear a little bit of, yeah. of that? Or or what's the song with Alicia Keys that he did a long time ago? Um, oh, I, started I, when probably we were to younger, to you head. were mine. My boo, my boo. That's oh, right. I yeah, had to sing it. My yeah, boo. Yeah. It had that little bit of a, like mood to it, and uh, like sort Sheesh, of sonic. My boo sonic. is a banger. My right, right. It, it and it, it gave that off. But the crazy part is, it was Usher and Alicia Keys playing off of each other. This is just right. Jasmine this is Sullivan, just her. and my goodness, she just it, yeah. Um, oh, I love this song. Love this song. That range you're talking about is. Uh, so is so real and it's very very uh, like evident um, that she can go high or low and I think I you know at least me coming into it again kind of knowing her from busted windows at your car and some of the other kind of one-off things I've seen her do throughout the years after that um, she's always had a very powerful voice she's always had a lot yeah. of presence on tracks so I think those are the parts that I expected to be good and she delivered on that um, mm -hmm. but when she like, like the track with Ari, um, <sighs> on it. like on it is ridiculous. And she goes up and down, up and down, you know what I mean? From being like very powerful in your face to like very sexy, sleek, you know, high yeah. falsetto kind of, you know what I mean? It's ridiculous. It had a nice, yeah, it was a really nice, like slow tempoed, very moody song. And I thought the grooves with their vocals, I thought they mixed really nicely with that instrumental and that, that production. Interest, interestingly enough, I almost felt like I could have heard her on this song a little bit more hmm. than I would have Ari Lennox. But I thought it was interesting that she put Ari on this one because I think it, in a way, too, it actually uh, more or less 
uh, challenged them in a way to like make this hmm. type of a song like this work because I didn't think that Jasmine and Ari just the way that they the, the music type type of music that they make I almost felt like her would have been a better fit but they really both just that's interesting you say yeah. that that's interesting yeah. you say yeah. that just with I the didn't... guitar chords I think that that's what really gives it for me I think even though she, again she shows up a lot later in the listing so it's I mean it's right. fine but initially when I heard this song I was like because when I was I was actually listening to my car the first time I heard it and. I when I heard it, I was like, "Oh, this has to be the her song." And I was like, mm. "I could have swore though her was on the back end," but I was like, "No, yeah, I, I might have thought that too, actually." Because I I was there was a lot of times where I was listening through the album, knowing her was gonna come on, and I was like, "Oh, this sounds like a pocket that her would kill." Exactly. Sure. That's um, where. But I, I think yeah. there's something to the vibe of on it, you know, like it being also just like uh, a, a super proud song, or or just like um, you know, like again, sexy or just out there and it's definitely promiscuous and i think uh ari lennox has that more of that kind of catalog versus mm-hmm. her i think has um not a serious delivery but has a little bit more of a, a delicate kind of uh delivery that's a little bit more not to say she doesn't have the vocal chops because her can literally do anything but yeah, uh, in yeah. terms of like the content and the subject matter i feel like this is something that i've seen ari lennox already dip into you know what i mean and mm-hmm. ari also has like i love when ari can layer like a beautiful beautiful vocal track and lots of the times like the theme or the hook will be very playful you know what i mean what like like after hearing her deliver a beautiful run lots of the time whether it's like these like cute like uh hooks like even if it's shea butter baby you know what i mean like yeah i think that's where she really fits into this you know what i mean this because this is also the section where jasmine sullivan's getting into her her bag we're like we're not just here to break down the word ho you feel me we're also here to like uh empower ourselves and let ourselves be uh promiscuous and and i think that's where like ari for me uh, she also represents that in R&B right now. You know what I mean? A, a yeah. girl who vocally is still there, like, with everybody else. Like, it's not... You know what I mean? Because I, th- I think, like, Summer Walker is also in that kind of vibe. But Summer sure. Walker, in terms of her delivery, sounds more rel- more uh, reminiscent of everybody else right now in this sound. Where I think Ari Lennox has, like, the playfulness of somebody who's in 2020 and she's very... Uh, 2021 she she's with the internet she's hip you know what i mean but she mm-hmm. has that old school sound which is why i think it's a good it's a very perfect blend for jasmine sullivan you know what i mean to get a little hip have that young that younger youth to it but still just put on a clinic man these exactly. girls can sing bro yeah they <laughs> they really can they really can it's 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 absolutely amazing like i love this project so much and i love what you said too about how she's actually able to play off of the older more nostalgic type of songs like an on it or like even like a little bit later in the listing i really thought lost one had a very nice nostalgic sound with those like psychedelic guitars it was more of a ballad type of of song but then a lot earlier in the listing she puts a song on this like put it down which has like a little bit more of like a modern spin on hip-hop r&b with like that higher tempo and just the synths and the 808s and then how the the hook's a little bit more of like a sing rap like it has that more of that catchy right uh versatile kind of delivery from jasmine and and again like i love what you said too because again this like this comes right after i love actually the 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 part of this album that i like the most is like i, I it was it was cool that ari's tale didn't 
come and then follow it with Ari Lennox's feature. Like, yeah. Ari Lennox's yeah. feature came later, a little bit like a, a, a track later, but af- in between that was Put It Down, and, and it fit Ari's tale pretty well, uh, Put It Down did, because right. of the theme, because it was more about like someone, you know, simply being for someone that they're, they're there physically, you know what I mean? Versus like, right. what else, everything else they're to kind of lust, uh, exactly. cloud your vision and, or your, your, your judgment. Yeah, so I thought that that was I thought it's just it's very put smart it down as also it. fire, fire. <laughs> I love that song too. Yeah, I mean we got, love a lot of these songs and uh, and then price tags with Anderson Pack. Like he's one of my all time favorite. Same, dude. It's, it's and crazy. that's why I was like, you know, when you put it when you put a name like that on the uh, on the track list, you know what you're doing. You know what I mean? Like you know what you're doing. This is this is a like, you know, like he's not the biggest superstar, but you know. Anderson Pack has a huge audience. And he's pretty much he's, a household name, I feel like, at this point. Close to it. As close, close you can be. Close, close to you it. can be without being one. I think he is. Right. At this point. Right. Yeah. That's kind of yeah. that's kind of as a high B list. A high, high B list. If that not not to disrespect, you know yeah. what I mean, or take away or, or understate anything that Anderson Pack's doing, because I had the same reaction where I'm like, not only am I looking forward, to, I'm looking forward to all three features, and the fact that she picked three features with such uh, range and kind of depth to all of them, like you right. know, they all make this kind of music, and they also um, are all on the top of their game right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I'm looking all forward their to primes. it. And the fact that Anderson Pac fit perfectly, because I will say, I feel like I've heard other Anderson Pac features that kind of fell short. And I can't yeah. come up with any of them at the top of my head, but I feel like I've heard Anderson Pot kind of be inserted in certain tracks where they want to get the jazz feeling, right? Like they want to get the soul jazz uh, lead vocalist, so they just put it in an Anderson Pot. And he, the delivery and his performance is always on point, but it's not always, it doesn't always uh, complement anybody else on the track. Uh, but this one just went perfectly. It it went perfectly. I have nothing bad to say about this project. You feel me? I don't know. Me it wasn't even lacking. I think the only thing I could possibly say is that like I would have been fine with a couple more tracks, but I love, I absolutely love, and I think this uh this with this album in particular, it works. I think other albums it doesn't work. When you can have an art an album kind of go on repeat. You know what I mean? And it kind of flows into each other, and then you actually give it a whole nother listen. This is one of those projects where that actually happened with me, and that happens with me uh, usually when I put it on. Like, I can put it on repeat because it's only 30 minutes uh, runtime, roughly. When it starts and loops again, I'm really perfectly fine with it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I yeah. think a lot of artists go for that, but it doesn't usually translate. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of artists go for, the, like, the oh, last song really flows back into the first song so you can have it on repeat. But when you have 45 minutes or a 50-minute project, doesn't usually happen unless you're like a Kendrick Lamar, which I will literally repeat that project until I get every little thing. You know what I mean? Exactly. But this one, I'm talking about whether you're going to do like some active listening or some passive listening. I can have this thing run back and feel like it's all just uh, connecting seamlessly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But the only thing I feel like I could, if I could find one thing to kind of criticize this project for is that, like, you didn't have to just give me 30 minutes. I would have taken 45. I almost, though, it kind of goes back to my earlier sentiment where I, I see your point, but I actually disagree. I think that this fits really well as a 32-minute album. And I honestly believe you could actually put out, like, a sequel to this or 
you could do something Ooh, where it's like you could go in a two would be sick. a different perspective, right? Or as more of a continuation, or like you could do right. it in like you could do it in like the male perspective versus the female perspective. Like you could, there's a lot. Like there's a lot of things I think you could do from this. And it would just again continue to ha- like talk about have these conversations and 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 these the, the narrative that she's going for, uh, and, and I think that she does it in a way that is still entertaining but also enlightening at the same time. Like there, there she doesn't you know really uh, there's nothing here where I feel like and that's why I, I love the tightness of it. There's really nothing here where she's wasting any time or there's a yeah. song here that doesn't fit the aesthetic or fit the theme. That whole point of it is why I think I love it so much. And, you know, I almost, like I said a little earlier, it it feels longer than 32 minutes. I know it's only 32 minutes, but it doesn't feel that way to me when I it's listen to it. 32 with skits included, and which is just crazy. Yeah, it really is. Like, that is really, for me, why I love it so much. And, yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of this Hotels Tells album for sure. If you had like three of your favorite songs from here, what would, what would they be? Like if you were to pick three. Uh, three of my favorite songs. That's tough. Uh, put it down. Oh, that's, oh, that's tough, dude. That's tough. Uh, also, I got to say uh, um, Donna's Tale, I'm pretty sure, was the one that I really loved. I can't remember them all off the top of the, my head, but – Three songs would probably be Pick Up Your Feelings, On It, and see, now I wish I kind of went through it right before we got on, because I'm like kind of forgetting what the other side sounds like, but I remember being shocked by how much I liked the other side right before the album closed with the Her feature. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to do... Okay, I'll do... Honestly, I'll probably do those first three bangers that come up, pick up your feelings, put it down, and on it. Cool. Um, but that's tough, you know what I mean? That's tough because I remember Lost One, The Other Side, and uh, Girls Like Me also being, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, there's a real, yep. whether it's because of the skits and how it flows or just the musicality of it, you know, there is, there feels like there's an act one and an act two. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, really an act I was three, kind of blown think, away yeah. with both. I very much agree, actually, with Pick Up Your Feelings. That's definitely one of my favorites for sure. I, I actually really like Price Tags as well with Anderson Pack. And then I'm, I'm definitely going to go with, I think, I think I like Lost One just for, again, the nostalgic psychedelic guitars that are on that, more of a ballad aspect of it. But it, it's hard for me to not like look Ooh. at the Ari Lennox song. Or, now I'm hearing Lost One as you said that, and that was a banger. Put it this way. I think that's a test. The, the fact how hard it is to pick one of these songs, <laughs> yeah. is, I think, or three of them, I should say, is a testament to how amazing this this album is. So huge, huge props to Jasmine Sullivan for not only the musicality, but the theme, the just, again, the features, the production, the vocal range, all of it, just the performances. I, I, I really, this is going to be a heavy, heavy rotation album for me in the first quarter of 2021, and we'll see... Where 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 it sits at the mid year and at you know the end of the year, but I you know I, like strong kind start. of yeah strong start. Sorry, not to cut you off. Uh, no, you're but good. What, okay. what kind of is even uh, uh, more insane is that she doesn't even consider this an album. She's come out and said that this is not an album. She I'm pretty sure even tweeted something like verbatim. Don't call this an album, please. Like uh, something like 
Yeah, you just said it's not an album, it's an EP. You know what I mean? She she feels like it's not a big enough body of work or uh, she didn't spend uh, enough time, I guess, sitting with the project herself before she released it for her to consider it an album in her catalog. Now, albums, EPs, just the all the verbiage behind what a project is nowadays, that's all gotten very, very complicated. This feels like an album to me. It definitely runs like an album in terms of quality. Sits is up there with an album. It's still only 30 minutes, so I guess it could fall towards more of a uh, an EP kind of side. Um, but by her own by her own words, she calls it an EP, which um, interesting. You know what I mean? I think so. Uh, I I uh, listening to the Joe Budden podcast. You know, I don't want to steal this actual words, but they kind of phrase summed it up really well. Uh, Rory, one of the hosts there, is just like, if if this is your EP, what the hell do you have in store for an album? You know what right. I mean? Like, because this is good. This is some good stuff. So, big big shout out to Jasmine Sullivan and everyone that worked on this project. Definitely, I think early out the gate, one of the best albums of 2021 so 100%. far. One hundred percent. And we'll see we'll see where it sits uh, mid year and at the end of the year. But we're gonna take a very another very quick break. Uh, hear a, another word from one of our local sponsors. But when we return, Phoenix and I are gonna talk about what are we looking forward to in 2021. Who do we want? albums from or songs music kendrick. any of that good stuff <laughs> so, well definitely kendrick but uh, we'll, we'll be we'll be right back most artists know that studio time can be expensive and difficult to find and while many artists are now making music in their homes through makeshift studios your sound quality could still be missing something that's where qnc entertainment comes in right now qnc is offering three six and twelve hour specials based on your sound engineering needs as well as independent mixing and mastering services for the low price of just $40 per track. 2021 is a new year, and it's time you got the finished product your music deserves. Head to calendly.com slash QNCENT to set up your first studio session today. And when filling out the inquiry on their website, make sure you put us, the Turntable Teachers, in the reference section of your application. Now, let's get back to the show. And welcome back. And we have the last segment of this episode. And we got, what are we looking forward to in 2021? Who do we want to drop? Phoenix, you mentioned, you mentioned Kendrick Lamar. Is, uh, is, gotta, is, is that, is, is he number one it, at this point? I think, I think he's totally number one. I, I think, uh, you know, what's interesting is I'm not, I'm a huge Kendrick Stan, um, but I'm never somebody who like, likes to tweet at these artists or like even has the mindset of like, gotta give me the music gotta give me the music gotta give me the music you know what i mean i'm somebody who has those thoughts but like uh massively represses them <laughs> and i try to like you know what i mean because in my head i also with every kendrick album with every superstar album whether it's a cole or a drake those are you know superstars that have high expectations and that i personally love a lot so that means i have personally a lot of expectations to them so i'd rather wait for an album that i'm very very happy with Versus, you know, hearing something that sounds rushed. But I gotta say, I gotta say, dude, Kenny, Kung Fu Kenny, if you're if you're out there listening, which would uh, be ridiculous, um, go you're back not, in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, I think just given the year we had, it's kind of just made me feel like uh, if there's anybody I want to hear 
or if there's any time I would actually put the responsibility of making music onto an artist as like a requirement, it would be Kendrick Lamar in the climate of 2020. You know what I mean? Or post climate of 2020. And because uh, I'd take it now, it'd still be just as happy, but it feels like he almost missed a certain window of time that would have made um, an album of his that was that had any kind of commentary on it be super super you know, uh, legendary, honestly, to like, and I only think that's an overstatement just in terms of who Kendrick is, you know what I mean? Cause he's delivered these kinds either. of projects before. Um, yeah. and once a Pippa butterfly came out around the time of Ferguson and all of the police brutality that was happening, that's part of the reason why, um, that, that album has gone down or, you know, has been so critically acclaimed, not only because of its musicality, but be in the, the context of where we were when that album dropped. So I also felt like 2020 would have been a good time to kind of maybe give us one of those things. Cause you know, you know, he was doing damn with his whole, you know, really kind of leaning into the, I'm a hip hop superstar and I can rap over commercial boy, Wanda hit boy type beats, you know, Mike Dean type beats. Uh, and I, I, I think that was amazing. Cause I think every rap star should have that phase. Right. I think it's just a kind of cool to, cool way to reinvent yourself when you're somebody who's typically a little bit more humble um or you know not very flashy kind of took his run to like you know talk his talk you feel me and be a major superstar but i think 2020 would have been a great time to kind of get back in that to pimp a butterfly uh you know what i mean uh critical analytical uh, realm and i I think he would have done that really well uh, so this is the only time where I've ever felt like, dang, like now I want him, like I need him to drop it. You know what I mean? I, I kind of feel like I'm, I'm, I'm losing out on him not dropping where usually my attitude is like, you know, the more you wait, the better it'll be. Well, I did like, I, you bring up a great point. I think he missed an opportunity here in 2020 yeah. and I, and I really do. I'm, I'm curious as to why he didn't drop in 2020 because the all at very early on in the year of last year, uh, the the notion was that he was going to drop in 2020 because it's been now it's been almost four years since we've heard yeah, a Kendrick Lamar album. Yeah, now it's been four years almost, it's and been usually a it's a three time. to four year cycle though. Yeah, but I mean now yeah. it's a long four years. It fe- it's felt like though no because it was only a two year difference I think between To Pimp a Butterfly and Damn. I believe Damn oh, was To Pimp a Butterfly and Damn. Right, because I'm pretty sure Butterfly was 2015 and Damn was 17. Am I wrong about that? 14, 16, 15, 17. It was something like that. You know, I'm gonna but, fact check you right now. You got 2015 on Tpab. Okay. And uh, I think you're right. I think 2017 on. Uh, yeah, 2017. Yeah, so those, that was only two years in between that one. It's only two years, and then I think Good Kid, Mad City was 12. So there was only a three year difference between that. Yeah. and Butterfly. So this will be like his longest gap between albums. Yeah. Right. Really, since Section 80, because Section 80 was like 11. So yeah. Really, or 10, whatever it was. So this is definitely his longest gap, and. I was hearing at the beginning of the last year, I don't know if you heard the same, but he was going for like a rock inspired. Yep, type of I album. heard that. Yeah. I don't know if that still rings true. I don't know if he scrapped that. He's going to do something else. Who knows? Like, I, he's been. You heard any quiet. of his leaks? No, I haven't heard anything. Oh, dude. I mean, there's some leaks out there that uh, kind of, I think, support the fact that he's. Uh, he's definitely. It seems like he's dabbling in rock. I will. 
but off of the leaks, I wouldn't even say it's rockish. There's definitely a lot of just guitar incorporation and, and rockish kind of drums, which I guess is like, yeah, that's rock. But it's still very, very, very hip hop. Um, okay. If anything, it's more it's it's psychedelic, and, and at least okay. in terms of the leaks that I've heard. Um, uh, and th- they were actually really good. There was some leaks with uh, Baby Keem that were out there. And again, that's his cousin, isn't even, it? Aren't they cousins? What was that? Think yeah, they are cousins. Cousin. Yep. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. are. Yeah, they are cousins. And I don't even usually listen to leaks a lot because uh, I feel, I find they can be really disappointing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. But uh, I've been waiting and fiending for this Kendrick Lamar so bad, so I, I let myself have it. And there's three leaks that are out there right now. One with Baby Keem, two by himself, that sound honestly really, really sick. Uh, so I thought with those leaks floating around that the music was gonna inevitably follow up soon, but that didn't happen. Yeah, so I, I am he's probably at the top of my list too for twenty twenty one. Like if we don't get a Kendrick project, I'll definitely be disappointed to say the least. That'll be uh, five years, dude. I, that'll be five years, which would be crazy. If he goes that all twenty twenty one without releasing anything, yeah, that'd be that'd be Or I guess that'd be the what, four years finishing and then going on to the fifth year going of on like to the fifth year. Where's the music, dude? That's that's crazy. I think the reason why the gap, though, between Good Kid, Matt City, and Topimba Butterfly felt so large is because with Good Kid, like it was kind of like, I feel like that's where he really solidified himself and kind of had his coming out yeah, party. Totally. He really became, emerged. And I think very, very uh, rarely do you see an artist kind of hit the scene like that and then mm-hmm. just shut up and disappear. And then to right. co- follow up with something as abstract and out of the box as Topimba Butterfly. Yeah, it felt crazy, and and I think even with the two year gap from To Pimp a Butterfly and Damn, the thing that can make those time periods feel even longer is that he's so quiet. Like you, you don't hear of Kendrick no. Lamar while he's not making music. Exactly, you know what I mean. Exactly. So though That's that makes inevitable. that yeah. last longer. Exactly. That's in essence why I'm so kind of just waiting yeah. and hoping we get something from him. So we'll see. I mean, I I definitely agree with you there. Uh, I am very, very curious to hear this Drake certified lover boy album. That is Me really too. because I've said this for so long and everyone thinks I'm crazy saying this. Hopefully, I don't know where you're going to sit with this. Hopefully you don't think I'm crazy too. I want Drake to do an R&B album, just strictly an R&B album. I would Who love Who thinks that. you're crazy for that? People think I'm nuts for saying that. I have friends that are uh, like, you're insane if you, if you don't want, if you don't want Drake to rap. I you're want talking to the to backpackers, do- man. <laughs> that's that's yeah, why you're talking to the backpackers. I want him to do an R&B album, and I have a funny feeling the Certified Lover Boy is going to maybe be it, and I'm very excited for it, and I'm not like the biggest Drake stan. I just want to put that out there. Like, I do love Drake I like just as much as anybody, but I'm not like one of those people that's like fiending for Drake. Like, when, right. it, when, it, when it comes to like, you know, the big three, we'll call them, with Kendrick, Cole, yeah. and Drake – it's Kendrick and Cole first for me and then Drake just because yeah. Drake has put out stuff I've questioned and haven't like always loved. And not, not to say mm-hmm. that Cole has had hasn't had his misses as well. Kendrick, I feel like, is the only one that has basically for me like no misses. I know that's right. Yo, me too. <laughs> Yo, we are such such yeah. a clear bias. Cause I think I think generally, honestly, J. Cole has a little bit more household or or just casual listener 
uh, kind of appeal. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. obviously, so does Drake. Drake is oh, the, Drake, king of, of course. the king of the pop rap right now. Um, but I, I just think it's funny that we years. have an agreement where it's like, oh, but Kendrick Lamar is the only one with a literal flawless catalog. And I'm I, sure yeah, there's other I'd, people out there who disagree. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, there's, I mean, maybe there's individual songs on Kendrick Lamar albums I don't, like, love. But, I mean, in terms of full projects, hell yeah. Like, there were certain Adam projects Park. with... Yeah, there were certain projects with Drake where I would be like, meh, I don't know, I liked half of it, not loved mm-hmm. it. Like, like mm-hmm. for me, like, and other people think I'm crazy too for saying this, but nothing was the same. I thought there were a lot of songs on that that I did not like, like especially like the more trap inspired ones that he was definitely going for, just like a chart topping song. Like, oh yeah, again, you're crazy. I I don't I don't <laughs> maybe I am. I there's. There's songs on there like I love the intro. The intro to that is one of my all-time oh, favorite Drake stupid. songs. Stupid good where he's completely going through the different the three different uh beat switches. It's insane. Yeah. The song Too Much with Sampha is just fucking incredible. But there's nothing there that like like kept me coming back enough. Like there's songs like Connect and uh what was that 305 to My City, like shit like that. Oh, and then I uh, started from the bottom. I always hated that song. So I feel like Yeah, like, I, yeah. yeah. You know that that one is there's there's like there's definitely a lot of his radio stuff. You know, like just hold on we're going home. Wow, I forgot about that. <laughs> like just yeah. hold on we're going home like yeah. that. Definitely he's doing a lot of his radio stuff, but I feel like uh, that for every song that there's a, is a radio hit, there seems like there's another song that's like introspective and lyrical. Yeah, I mean, listen, I don't hate nothing was the same. I just think it's a little overrated. That's where I sit with it. Like, I'm yeah. I'm, I'm a big take care guy. Like when it comes to Drake, like I really loved take same. care, and same. I actually really enjoyed views. I know that. I mean, there were some songs again. It was very similar. There's some on the back end that I could have done it without. But most part, I liked Views probably a little bit more. I remember listening to it a little bit more. Nothing was the same front to back in terms That's of. That's interesting. Think, yeah, nothing was the same. Def for me, definitely had. I mean, there were there were good songs, and nothing was the same. Like yeah. let's not let's not get it twisted. Let's not act like it was right. a bad right. album because right. it wasn't a bad album. But um, I don't think Drake but, or Jay, like none of them have a bad album, right? But even like yeah. a, like even for Cole, how do you feel like, about Scorpion? Sorry, um, you were gonna switch transition to Cole, but since we were no, talking no, about no, 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 I'm glad you asked. Boy and Drake, how'd you feel about his last his or or Dark Lane demo tapes? Dark Lane demo tapes was fine. I, I wasn't none of it made you know my top twenty of 2020 or anything like that or anything for for top stuff. Um, and I definitely, I mean, I really, I mean, put it this way. Uh, uh, Laugh now, cry later was an honorable mention for me this year. So I, again, it's not that I don't. I don't dislike Drake, like put Drake. it that way. Like right. I, I do like Drake, put it that way. Like so let's be clear on mm-hmm. that. Uh Scorpion was okay. I, I I don't remember now, like I don't I don't remember like coming back to it a ton, to be quite honest. I, I think it was a little oversaturated at the time. Me, and, me too. I, I kinda liked yeah. it a lot when it released and then I found myself it lacking in replayability for the most Very part. Much so. in terms Very of the much whole so. cattle in terms of the whole project. You know, mm-hmm. there were the certified hits on there and and certified deep cuts like jaded to me is actually one of drake's best tracks and r&b tracks but it's you know that is within the within what like a a 25 song project you know what i mean it's yeah it was was, was a double it was a double disc right right and i wish he would have committed more i wish he i wish he would have committed more because on paper that sounds amazing right like everybody everybody kind of wants drake to find Especially since he's been able to kind of keep one foot in both. Everybody wants Drake 
everybody wants to hear a concise, focused side of Drake. Whether you're the side that wants, because I'm on both. I want to, I want a rap album, but I also want a pure R&B album. But I think overall, what I want him to do is commit to one of the sounds because I find that even though I, I love that he can bounce from sound to sound, and if he does that well, then it'll be an amazing album. But I think some of the parts is when you're a rap fan and he only gets into it for two or three tracks you feel like it's kind of lacking and if you're an R&B fan and he only kind of does the R&B thing for two or three tracks then it kind of feels like oh you just want a little bit more of that so right. I think we all want you know an exclusive sound to one of his next projects and yeah. I wouldn't be mad whether it was rap or R&B but I totally would love an R&B even though I'm primarily a hip-hop fan and a rap fan and in terms of Drake I actually like his rapping more than I like his R&B but I think he does R&B at a high level honestly, as a rapper. Um, so I'd be happy with both. I think that's interesting that you're around people who are telling you you're crazy. Dude, you got to get around you gotta get around some different dudes or get around <laughs> girls. Like, I don't know. Because <laughs> like, no, people but, don't want an R&B Drake album. That's, I want an R&B Drake album. I, that's, I've wanted that since Take Care. There were certain songs on that that I really enjoyed. Like, like for example, Marvin's Room is one of my all-time Drake's like, favorite Drake songs. So, like, that for me, like... If I had a Marvin's Room-inspired album from Drake, that's why I would really love that. Um, so I don't know. We'll see what Certified Lover Boy sounds like. Just off the title, though, it gives off that it's going to be more soulful R&B in nature. But I could be wrong. I, I'm hoping that this is this is where he finally does that for me and goes in that direction. Yeah. I mean, it would be shocking yeah. if Certified Lover Boy was his rap project that would be wow that would be out of left field and that is why i think i'm so excited for this one and why all last year i was really heart like hoping that it would come out but hey whatever i mean we'll see what happens marvin's room is also drake's biggest hit which i think is so uh Hmm. nuts um and if this this is off of a google search i've even done right now drake's biggest hits uh but like it, it's definitely one of his biggest Billboard hits. I, I know that for sure. And I, I just think that just for me goes to show. Uh, like I, I think like that that is like the the thesis of like how crazy of a of an artist Drake is to have a song like Marvin's Room be a Billboard track, exactly. and like that is like uh, uh, R and B moody rap song like it's a hybrid of both because he has dope verses in there but it's also singing um i'll i'll i digress you know we can move on from now but i'm definitely interested in an r&b like give me the full commitment to the sad boy you know what i mean i think that's where scorpion and uh and dark lane demo tapes and some of his other projects are are lacking is that like that focus yeah, that focus yeah. and the commitment to one side or the other, even though we've loved for so long that you can be a hybrid. But let's stop talking let's stop talking about Drake. Uh let's back to Cole. You were saying about the the fall off. Did you see that little thing he put on Instagram with the notes? I did. Um I did. So it looks like there's gonna be the fall off and the off season. Yeah. So which leads me to believe that so yeah, originally that the fall off was supposed to be his last, but now it sounds like he's gonna do something else as well. Right. And I'm interested because I don't – that's why I said I don't know if the fall-off is going to come first or if something else is going to come now and before it. Like, is the right. fall-off now going to be the last Cole album? I'm right, not sure. Right. In right, terms right. of order, I'm not sure. But I he's always kind of hypothesized about doing uh, 
like the uh, the off season tape and even fall off kind of connects thematically to his other mixtapes of Bright Lights, Friday Night Lights, Friday Lights and yep. Sideline Story. You know, mm-hmm. kind of the whole like. I'm an athlete on the bench kind of thing. and Ready and to then, go, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ready wish for I, my time wish to shine. I, wish someone made a manual to how to get up off the sidelines. You know, that's yeah. so fire. So I, I think I think it seems like for a while now, he just has been wanting to execute those ideas of like, you know, that are still more thematically connected to kind of like sports. So I think off season and fall off, even though fall off seems more relevant to him as like an artist, um, I think we're going to get two more projects, but in terms of what order, who knows? And he does have the sneaker coming out with Puma. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, So that's he does. why I think that's going to fit the whole kind of aesthetic of what he's going to maybe go for this year in terms of, like like you said, with uh, either the fall off or the off season. I mean, who knows? Like, I mean, people say they retire all the time. I mean, that's to stay in the sports realm. Uh, Conor McGregor. How many times has this dude freaking retired and he actually, as the night we're recording this, he has another fight tonight. Like, it, it, right. it's, cra- <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Like, I mean, and then people with a lot, like how Logic, quote unquote, retired. Like, I don't know if I buy that either. I think I think in the next couple of years we might hear another Logic album. I don't know. That's just me. But yeah, I, I that, that re- term retirement is so loose in these types of uh, professions when it comes to being creative and things like that. You know what I mean? I, I just don't mm. see a why a retirement for Cole right now makes a ton of sense, but I don't know. He's become an older head at this point, which is pretty interesting to me. Like he's definitely an elder statesman. Yeah. At this point in time, he is right. He, I mean, he talked about that years ago with, uh, we got, I'm so bad with names sometimes with some of these songs. What was that song where he was, uh, he came out with, and he was talking about how he feels like he was, Oh, it was a middle child. That's what it was where he, uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, felt like he was somewhere in the middle. Now I almost feel like he's definitely on that back end where, mm. uh, you know, he's really kind of becoming like the elder statesman. And um, yeah, so I'm 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 curious with Cole. Love to see if we get either of those projects this year because of the shoe. I feel like we're going to because it's just going to be yeah. another way for him to promote both at the same time. Definitely. So, I just me. saw something about Kyle Kuzma. I was like, tried to Google it right now, and all I'm getting is like actually articles from like last year but i saw something recently on instagram where i thought kyle kuzma was rocking his uh the the cole shoe really yeah i, I think this might be like a part two because i know he's coming out with another shoe um but e- even as i look right now on google um you know nba players debut j cole's signature shoe and this is in july of 2020 um but i i think he's i think he has they're called like dreamers the dreamer, uh, yeah. RS Dreamer. Uh, I think there's a RS Dreamer two coming out. Okay. Um, and I think Kyle Kuzma just got his hands on it, you know, because he's in the NBA. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I I totally feel like uh, Cole is there. Kind of same reason why we also have, you know, obviously, like you're saying, the big three. They're not only still the biggest three artists now, but they're getting to that point where they're becoming the. The OGs, you feel me? Like kind of like the big, big, the top three big brothers of everybody yeah. else. I still feel like Middle Child still feels very relevant um, in terms of the way that I, I I can imagine that J. Cole would perceive himself of like still feeling like what? J. Cole is mid, is 31, 32? He's older than that. I think he's like 34. Oh, he's 35. He's 35. 35, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, uh, you know, that in context of a music career is pretty old 
because um, you've been sustaining your your uh, or at least in hip hop, we'll say you've been yeah. sustaining success for a yeah. while now. But still, in the context of his life, you know, he still feels very young, and he still seems to, you know, he's obviously grabbing from a lot of traditional, older, old school hip hop sounds and stuff. So I can see why he's like, you know, everybody's looking at me like I'm a big brother, but at the same time, I still perceive myself as somebody looking up to everybody before me. You know what I mean? And not feeling like you're quite, you're quite the veteran just yet. Like, you know what I mean? Um, I think it's interesting, but dude, so, so we got all the obvious ones out the way. We got (laughs) like, look at us. We're such a unique and unique, crazy hot takes. (laughs) We want J Cole Drake and Kendrick Lamar to drop an album. Who, who's, who are the sleepers, dude? Who are the sleepers? Don't tell me Frank Ocean, because obviously we all want Frank Ocean. And I was going to say that. (laughs) <laughs> but let's let's what, what what are some of the smaller artists? Do you have any smaller artists that you're like, dang dude, need the project? Not smaller in the sense, but yo, actually, this is gonna be an interesting uh, dynamic here. I so badly want a Brockhampton album this year. I really hope we get mm. a Brockhampton project. I obviously haven't gotten one uh, since Brockhampton came out with their with their 2019 uh, is album. Iridescence their last one. Iridescence was not their last one. They they did Iridescence. That was right after Amir Van came. Um, uh, sorry, when Amir Van left was right around right. the Iridescence time. And then they came out with Ginger in 2019. Right, which, Ginger, yeah. Which was there really, that was more of like the response to like the turmoil with Amir and all that. Mm-hmm. And weirdly enough, the dynamic, the, the dichotomy here is I really am looking forward to an Amir Van project too to see fully like where he goes from his ep that he dropped really sort of mm. interested to see if he because he's, he's starting to make waves again like people are like after are we his, allowed to say that are we allowed to say we like amir <laughs> i think <laughs> like, it's fine because listen like i again i'm not condoning anything like in his personal right. life that he did and 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 again i he has he I mean i put it this way i was kind of ready to write him off until i heard his interview with sway have you have you seen that interview I haven't. No. Go anyone that hasn't seen that. I remember interview, it circulating though. Yeah, go back and listen to that interview. It humanizes him a little bit more. And you like again, I don't. Con- I you know. I'm not, I'm not giving him a pass. I'm not condoning for what he's done. But or it sounds to me like he still he understands the the error of his ways and that he seen mm. sounded very remorseful for them. He sounded like he had people around him supporting him to try to get him in the right direction. I mean, he went to like he went to a rehab. He went to like a you know a mental an outpatient mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, hospital from you know mental health and things like that, and trying to figure out, trying to wrestle with some of the demons that he was dealing with. And right. I mean, and then his project. And by no they, means, I wasn't trying to push you on the spot there. You know, I just know there's there's obviously tons of controversy surrounding his name. Oh, for um, sure, for sure, for sure. No, and again, I'm not. I, I don't. I don't. I, I, it's hard because I I don't want to fully like. Su- I don't want it to seem like because I support his music, like or fully support his music, that I'm supporting like you know, his actions, but I feel like it's kind of now becoming like, where does he go from here? You know what I mean? In terms mm-hmm. of like, and again, I, nothing he did sounded like incredibly incriminating or egregious. It just sounded like he was kind of a major fucking asshole, really. Like, you know what I yeah. mean? He's an asshole to women. Uh, you know, he wasn't a very good friend. Like he made a ton of mistakes. There was a lot of demons that he was probably just going through and he was a little younger. Again, I'm not mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm not, condoning this is not to not excuse or any of those actions right and i right. i think one of the biggest things is that uh in 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 the midst of 
cancel culture that we've created here, right. I think we oftentimes don't want to uh, give people second chances. And mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, like it's a complicated conversation because you want to be fragile and uh, it's also it's it's complex or you want to be delicate uh, because it yeah. is a fragile situation and there are people who who are affected. Um, but I think something that we've lost and something that we could do more of um, without being tolerant of of negative behavior is still giving people the uh, the chance to speak for themselves exactly. or the chance to be judged one more time. Even if our judgment was correct and this guy is an a-hole and deserves to be exiled, uh, because of the uncertainty surrounding it all and because no one will ever really know what what happens until there's the real evidence of what happens, um, I think uh, we, we it's good to it's healthy to like hear people out or yeah. healthy to at least keep your eye on the situation. And in terms of artists, you know, the biggest way that you can kind of uh, get a read about where their head is is digesting their art. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, it's weird. Like I said, he he hasn't been canceled. I mean, he was for a little while. He came back, and people seem to be supporting him again. Uh, he mm-hmm. definitely his his some of his singles have done fairly well in the last couple of uh, last couple of months. I think he dropped one like late twenty twenty that did pretty well, and he just dropped one recently that I that I definitely uh, you know enjoyed the aesthetic from. And I I always just liked his voice. I liked his the way he rapped. It's a little bit one dimensional, but um, you know in terms of he fit. He really was well, the I strongest think. rapper. For sure, in ter- me, in my, in rapper, my opinion, yes, in terms of like rapper. a traditional rapper, yes, yes. I mean, Kevin arti- Abstract being the other, the other for one. sure, for sure. I mean, artistically, I think that they've gone in a direction that they wouldn't have gone in without, or had they kept him. Um, but having said that, I mean, I'm I'm more of a put it this way, I am much more of a Brock Hampton fan than I am an Amir Mir Van fan at this point, like. I am more just interested to hear the Amir Van project and, and like where he kind of goes with his content and like off of like a manual, like does he kind of just, cause I, what I don't want him to do is completely like think, Oh, I dropped a manual. I don't have to talk about it anymore. Like I really want to hear a little bit more about, you know, his psyche, where he's at. Like that's, it's more of an intrigue with Amir Van than it is like, I'm like anticipating the album. Right. With or actively Bro- looking to support the album, right? Exactly. With Brockhampton, though, like, all right. It's been like th- them, I feel like they're interesting because I feel like for the last year they've been very quiet. And it it's, it's I think mm-hmm. because, though, a lot of ways they did drop a lot of music in 2019, especially Kevin Abstract, right, with Ginger and also his solo, uh, his solo effort. So um, I'm definitely curious to see where they go from here. And really the next artist that, um, you know, again, I'm, as another one that I'm very much intrigued by, again, had a, more of a quiet 2020 and it, uh, was Denzel Curry. Uh, very interested to hmm. see what he does. And I'm pretty sure he even said as well, he's limited in terms of how many albums he's going to be releasing uh, going forward. I think he, he said he's claiming he has a few left, supposedly. They all say that, man. They but, all say that. I know. I know. But uh, so I'm definitely curious to see uh, where Denzel goes, especially because he, he has said this, too. He likes to do like a small project one year, followed by another full length. So this year he mm. did that little uh, unlocked EP with Kenny Beats. So that kind of makes leads me to believe that he's probably going to drop like a full length, 
where where do you sit? Like, what are some hip hop albums that you uh, you're interested in, in uh, hearing in 2021, or, or artists you hope hope drop music? Yeah, I mean, I was just trying to. I was putting you on the spot there, making you come up with these other artists, uh, and then I realized, oh wait, maybe I'm not prepared. But <laughs> no, I actually, uh, as I look through my library real quick, uh, YBN Corday, or he's just Corday now. Actually, it's Corday. no YBN no more. Corday, Corday, that's, that's a good one. I'm looking Corday. forward to. He's yep. dropped a couple of singles. He's dropping a couple of singles here and there in 2020 uh, that were dope. I liked, um, but I really loved his uh, his his debut album, uh, 2019. I think it came out. Yeah, 2019, Lost Boy. I so really good. really loved that project. Really dude. good. He he to me sounds like the next you know the Coles you know the Coles very and much the, and so. the Kendricks very much uh, so. So I, I'm totally looking for him to put out another full-length project, honestly. Um, and then somebody else I had had real quick, where where was it? Where was it? Uh, maybe that's it for rap. Maybe that's it for rap. There was one more artist I had, but I can definitely, if we want to transition now maybe to outside of rap, um, Corday is somebody I'm looking forward to for sure, 100% in rap because I love the lyrical flow kind of stuff. I think he's, I think he's gonna be nice. Somebody I'm really looking forward to outside of rap is Daniel Caesar. I Ooh, love yes. Daniel Caesar, and I feel yes. like I could really use another Daniel Caesar project. Um, even though I don't think it's been incredibly long, I think his last project was also in 2019. I think it was because he came out with the one where um, oh my god, who worked on that one with him? John Mayer worked a lot on that. Yeah, yeah, case. Him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The case study uh, one was twenty nineteen. Yeah, I want to say. Um, um, so I'm totally ready for another Daniel Caesar project. Um, Daniel Caesar, and for I'm sure. also really ready for another Sir project. Sir would be off. Yeah, that would be another another one that I definitely would want, especially in R and B. Um, another actually, uh, that's just get, real quick in hip hop. Uh, I want I want another slow tie album. He's another mm, guy. I've actually been listening to slow tie recently. It's funny he's, you say that. He's another one that I really want to hear in uh, in twenty one. Uh, he's an artist that I've I've really really enjoyed. And then in, and then actually another TDE artist. I'll stay in the TDE since you said sir. I want another SZA project because control. Well, that's was been coming right. That's like we're hoping that's on its way. I hope so. Of yeah. Those last two tracks. I mean, hit different was a banger that she came out Ooh. of nowhere with. Hit different. And these hit this good days project also. is an absolute banger. And the the good days track, good days single that has been a banger. And uh, hit different was also both of these tracks have recently been followed up with music videos too. So it seems mm-hmm. like she's on track to release. And then another one too, I, I hope releases this year in terms of staying in the R and B side is uh, is Georgia Smith. That's wild. Actually, that's so interesting. I haven't, I have not thought of Georgia Smith in forever. Georgia Smith, she's would an be amazing. Another guy. artist that I'm really looking forward to. And then the last one, I, like I'll say, or actually, I'll have two more uh, that that I want that I want albums from this year. Uh, John Bellion would be another artist that I want. Uh, to drop this year, I, he's been very quiet in 2020. He he really was very very quiet. Uh, he was actually one of the last um, concerts I saw before everything kind of shut down. I saw him two summers ago, and he dropped uh, Gl- uh, Glory Sound Prep in 2018. So I'm very curious to see if he drops anything this year. That'd be like about going on three years. And then the final artist that I'm very much looking forward to drops. Hopefully, again, again, this was uh, maybe won't won't happen this year, but. I uh, would love a, a Gary Clark Jr. project as well. Um, I'm not familiar with Gary Clark. Gary, 
very one of the best guitarists uh out right now in my opinion like modern guitarists he's absolutely incredible if anyone hasn't heard his this land album from 2019 it was one of my favorite albums of uh 2019 it was definitely on my list i believe it was like in the top 10 uh definitely an incredible album oh and then the last one oh my god i don't know how i'm forgetting that these guys emotional oranges Oh, Emotional Oranges goes hard. That's another one that I really hope that they drop uh, would be would be Emotional Oranges. So uh, I can well, uh, also sneak in a couple more here. Now go that for I'm it. Able to look at my library. Uh, yeah, yeah, Alex yeah. Isley. Uh, Alex Isley. Okay. I she heard, would yeah. be dope. Uh, yep. She's been releasing a lot of stuff with uh, Jack Dine or Jack Dean. I don't, I don't know okay. how to pronounce his name specifically, but they've been putting out these. I sent, I think I sent you maybe one of their tracks, but okay. they've been putting out these these tracks together that have been fire. And uh, Alex Isley, I feel like, is somebody that, uh, in terms of R&B, has been around for a couple years. And I had heard of her probably about two years ago and thought she was amazing and thought she was going to go places and then it's kind of been quiet for her and okay and in 2020 she put out these other uh singles with jack dine or jack dean uh, excuse me i don't know how to pronounce it but they were fire they were fire oh and this reminds me now of another r&b artist but i'd like to hear alex isley i'd like to hear uh I'm also double checking because i'm these sometimes artists drop stuff and you don't even realize but know, uh, right? mahalia no Mahalia, I don't, you know Mahalia? I don't. I know. Oh, Mahalia I have to, I makes. I gotta get hip. Big banger music, um, okay. and she had a really big 2019. Uh, and then I feel like it's been kind of slow. It was kind of slow in 2020, but everything was kind of slow in 2020. No um, but uh, 2019, she had her Love and Compromise album, which was fire, and that had the, a banger track with LMA. But uh, I kind of like the singles that she has more. Uh, okay. That were kind of a little bit before and post that album, but Mahalia, uh, she's also uh, British. Uh, she's she makes some fire R and B music, so I'd love uh, another full length project from her. And also, the project she put out in twenty nineteen kind of sounded like, oh, you're indie and just kind of coming up. You know what I mean? She right. had an LMA feature when LMA was like on fire, um, okay. and. Uh, but it had that rough around the edges kind of sound like, oh, you're still finding your sound. You can tell it's like you have your sound. And then there's also the sound that maybe the label wants you to go with. <laughs> like, I want to hear a 2021 project from Mahalia where she's like sitting in her pocket because she check makes out. banger music. Yeah, definitely send send me that because I definitely want to check check her out. Gotcha. Uh, and then the last one actually for me would be Ryan Caraveo, who... Mm. He supposedly has another album coming in 21 as well uh, that just just recently announced that he has new music coming soon. So I'm I'm curious to see where he takes it from his fall uh, the, where he follows up from Butterfly Boy, which was my number one album in 2019. Actually, do you know Ryan Carvalho? No, I Are don't. Are you familiar? All right, I'll have to get you hip on him. So he's another artist Definitely. that has again he's more indie pop, indie alternative, some hip hop as well, but. Uh, definitely a, a guy that I'm really uh, intrigued by. Old old fans of of the show know that I was huge on him in 2019. So uh, he had again his Butterfly Boy album was my number one from from 2019. So those gotcha. are the, again. And then I mean I'm sure there's gonna be other artists that I'm gonna come on to this year. I mean there's there's a new artist I'm very intrigued by Red Veil that I've been listening to this year. Red Veil is funny, yeah, really good. <laughs> 
So hopefully there's an album attached to his uh, new single. He just came out. It was like how to find hope or something like that. I was mm-hmm. big into that. Gave me like an odd future Earl sweatshirt type feel. He's, Definitely. Uh, Earl sweatshirt would be another one too that I would I was just going to say Earl sweatshirt. I was just going to say Earl sweatshirt. And it kind of, I think, uh, kind of loose or t- ties it all together because we were just talking about how much uh, MF Doom was clearly influential exactly. for Earl sweatshirt and Tyler exactly. the Creator. Tyler the Creator has been going crazy. And when I saw those videos circulate, you know, of Earl and Tyler reacting or from like the old video of them meeting MF Doom, it made me think, like, dude, where's Earl been? Like, Earl is such, I Doris think, honestly, like one of the top five lyricists of our generation. Oh, yeah. Incredible, and, man. Oh, my but, God. But uh, so Feet good. of Clay and some rap songs. Are some kind rap of, songs. Those are those last two projects he had. You know, f- some rap songs was super abstract and unmixed Crazy. and real rough around the edges. And everybody remembers that. And then he followed it up with something even more unmixed and and, and rough around right. the edges with Feet of Clay. Even though I loved the uh, album cover to Feet of Clay, it was super scary and like weirdly dark. Dark, uh, yeah. But I thought there was going to be more, you know, audible rapping. <laughs> like there was really uh, no substance on that out al- on that. It wasn't even an album. It was like a really short, like fifteen minute. Yeah, EP. and some rap yeah. songs were really it, short. It sounds like it sounded it sounded like he like kind of gave himself as many limitations as possible in terms of creating the music and then was like, all right, you know, this is to kind of re emulate uh, the the SoundCloud or like stuck in your room kind of music. You know what I mean? Uh, But you don't need to do that. I think you can get that style off uh, and convey it accurately without actually not mixing because of that that's what a lot of it sounds like but obviously there's an aesthetic to that there's a style to that that i'm not surprised that earl likes to dabble in and uh, the rest of his music has that kind of aesthetic as well because it's grungier dirtier kind of underground stuff Mm -hmm. but i need another hey man like 2021 and the time of corona would be a perfect time to make a i don't like shit i don't go outside part two you know what i mean i i need something (laughs) i was thinking that that too bro i was thinking that too yeah man that would be that would be amazing and uh yeah like i'm just yeah i'm super thrilled to see what we we end up hearing in 2021 but yeah man i uh one last artist sorry go for it you're about to wrap it up my brother but one last artist who i love so much and I was kind of disappointed with with their last uh, effort. His uh, Mick Jenkins. Good, good, Mick good Jenkins. choice. I Mick love Jenkins. Mick Jenkins. I've been on the Mick Jenkins train for so long. The waters, baby. Re- oh my god, the waters, waves, even healing component, which I thought was uh, pretty good. Where I think is yeah, that, that's where I think his catalog starts to dip a little bit. But healing component was still good. Uh, but I wasn't that big of a fan of Pieces of a Man. Uh, which was in 2018 yeah, that okay. followed the healing component. And the circus was really, and that was dropped in 2020. But that mm. was very forgettable for me. Very, yeah. very forgettable, which I th- I think is really sad because it sounds like he doesn't uh, know exactly where he wants to keep his sound. Sound um, yeah, is a little bit And you confused. can only imagine that that comes from like the uh, – the influence of the industry, you know what I mean? Because it's just mm. as he's gotten larger, I think he's left from his signature sound. Or you don't even necessarily have to be stagnant like that, right? Like I want to right. see artists change, but it has not been hit in the same way. But if, and I know he dropped in twenty twenty, 
But I want to say that was an early 2020 draft. Like I, th- I think it that was, was like very early 2020 draft. So it was. If he came back again with 20 in 2021, even with an EP or mixtape, I'd love. I just feel like I've been missing him, man. Right? Like mm. I don't know about you, but I love him so no. much, and I haven't been listening to his new stuff. If he would get back in the pocket of yeah. waves or the waters, or even earlier than that, trees and truths, like I would yeah. love that type, that Mick Jenkins again. That just very like indie uh like more like stoner hip-hop really is what that like, yeah that older definitely stuff was. very definitely. just like very much in the uh like that the stoner sort of kind of boom bap you know yeah what I mean? yeah it was yeah but and i love his voice over that type of like smoother production and there was a song that he actually was on recently i have to find it it was with um oh my god it's gonna bug me right now that i'm not i can't uh with, with sadistic I don't know if you know mm. who st- st- uh, no. Sadistic is. He is. He dropped a song with Mick Jenkins and oh Zodiac. I'll send that to you. It's really good. Anyone that's listening to 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 check that one out with Mick Jenkins. If he went back in that type of style uh, of, of hip hop, that is what I would love to hear from him. So we'll yeah. see what happens, man. I mean, I Mick Jenkins is again another another artist. I'm glad you said that uh, because. Mick Jenkins is is a guy that I I really would would hope drop something that I actually resonate with again in in 21. So yeah. that's that's yeah. a lot of artists. I hope that we uh we we hear all those artists and more in 2021, but I'm again, yeah. I'm I'm ending it, but we have to say Frank Ocean drop, man. Frank Ocean. You know what I mean? That's kind Please. of a given, so I didn't want to open with that, but <laughs> hey Frank, where are you? Come out, well, Frank. We started. We started with Kendrick. I mean, come on. We, at this right. point, we've, let's, let's, you know, we'll start with we'll start and end with the obvious ones: Kendrick and, right. then, and then Frank Ocean. Yeah, definitely Frank Ocean as well. But yeah, hopefully, man, we hear it from all of these artists that we mentioned today and more. I'm excited to come on to even some new artists, whether they're local or even national. Like we said, no, we we, we went with more of like the national uh, scene things. But hey, man. Great episode. I'm I'm really stoked that uh, we're, we're back hitting the ground running. With, yeah, dude, uh, sick with, episode. With this was super fun. Everybody go talk to us in those comments too, man. Let go talk know. to us. Drop us. Who are you looking forward to? Uh, how'd you feel about Jasmine Sullivan? Are you still grieving MF Doom? Because I know we got, we are. <laughs> uh, Definitely. Yeah, dude, this is, this is awesome. Can't wait to do it again, my guy. Yep. Well, we'll be back very soon. That Phoenix and I will be back on a, a more consistent rotation in 2021. I think we uh, we had some trial trial episodes in late right. 2020, and uh, he will, like I said, Phoenix Rios is our, our brand new co-host. In case you didn't know, and uh, he will be he'll be joining us for all of these episodes uh, that we do with when we're t- for our original content. Where we're going to be talking yeah. about again pop culture album reviews, kind of where this where this podcast started is uh is is where we'll be we'll be headed uh tune in next week for another guest speaker episode uh i will not uh give away who that guest speaker is but i will let you know that it is a great one you definitely don't want to miss next week's episode with our guest uh coming in and so yeah but uh, and then stay tuned for more content from us coming soon follow us at turntable teachers on instagram TikTok. We're actually on Facebook as well if you're a Facebook user. And of course, uh, hit up our website, www.turntableteachers.com for all the latest. Subscribe to our YouTube, subscribe to our podcast streaming services. And like Phoenix said, drop us a comment on anything that we talked about today. We'd love to hear from you guys. And we'll be back with more very soon. So until next time, I'm Mike. I'm Phoenix. We the Turntable Teachers, and class is officially dismissed. Turn to the